We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by WinBet. It is Friday, November 12, 2021. Alex Barutha here with Shannon McEwen. Ken is uh, dealing, he's traveling, I believe, so he is not here. Uh, it's a two-man pod today. Uh, Shannon is dealing with an illness, and I was a little sick as well, so we are, uh, we're hanging in. We're going to power through this one. We're not in COVID protocols, though, which is um, you know who is in COVID protocols, though? Nikola Vucevic of the Chicago Bulls, uh, test positive for COVID 19. He's out at least 10 days. Uh, the Magic or the Magic, the uh, Bulls barely have a backup center rotation, but we're assuming Tony Bradley is going to get the start. We'll figure out if that's the case tonight because they play. The only other center on the roster is rookie Marco Samanovic, uh, who actually has been pretty decent in the G League but was a second round pick. So temper your expectations there. Bradley's averaging eight points, 14 rebounds and three and a half blocks per 36 minutes this season. He will be available in almost every single league that is uh, 25 teams or fewer. Uh, is there anything actionable with this Vucevic thing besides adding Tony Bradley, or is that just kind of the move here, Shannon? I, I'm assuming that's the move. I mean, Bradley's not an exciting player. But he he's he's seen some minutes off the bench already. You know he's he's topped twelve minutes three times. He played ten minutes in the most recent game on November tenth. So I, I'm assuming that's really the only way they can go. Um, and I apologize. There, there one one guy who does interest me a little bit, and I I don't even know how to say his first name. Uh, is it Elise Elise oh, Elise uh, Johnson? I think it's Alize. Alize, I wasn't close at all. I, yeah, I, I holy know. cow, Alize Johnson. I I just like what he did with Brooklyn in short in limited minutes last season. He had a couple big yeah. games. Uh, mostly it was in garbage time. Um, I think he might have even made a couple spot spark, spot starts when Brooklyn was was depleted. Um, that's the only one that that would be interesting if we knew he was going to get thirty minutes. Uh, but he's 6'7", 2'12". He, he's not really big enough to play center. You can't slide DeMar DeRozan over to center. So I, I really do think it's going to be Tony Bradley. You know, possibly if he's getting 
28 to 30 minutes, there could be some good rebounding numbers, uh, some good block numbers, but I wouldn't expect much else beyond that. Uh, but but he will be worth a stream in most 12 and 14 team leagues while Vooch is out. Yeah, and even Javante Green, who they've kind of been using into their – he's 6'4". So, right. I mean, you can't really do much with that. I'm I'm with you on Alizé Johnson being kind of a uh, an interesting, like, deeper league ad, speculative. Um, it's still just tough to say. And these, you know, if you if you have Vucevic on your roster, unfortunately, this is just one of those situations where these guys, they're pretty much automatically out 10 days, and then you never know after that. It could be longer. So you you basically have to be prepared to be without Vucevic for two weeks because he might come back in the middle of a week and you, you're not going to be able to start him and that whole thing. Right. So um, pick up Bradley or Alizé Johnson probably. Um, more news from the Central Division. Kelly Olenek, uh, Shannon's Pistons, Kelly Olenek, uh, is out at least six weeks after a grade two MCL sprain. He was returning 12th round value this season, um, which is roughly where he was being drafted. I mean, some people drafted him higher, but he was at least worth having for four game weeks. Obviously, we would all love if this meant Isaiah Stewart gets 30 minutes a game. Uh, and is seeing a ton of usage, but I am worried that it will not be that simple. I I think it will be that simple. I okay. I, I believe Isaiah Isaiah Stewart's going to easily get thirty minutes per game moving forward. I mean, the the one of the main reasons why he wasn't seeing more playing time is just because Olenek was very effective coming off the bench, and there were numerous games where you know soon Stewart would get in early foul trouble, um, which. Is still a concern moving forward, but still we're getting early foul trouble. The starting five just wasn't working well, whatever it may be. And Olenek came in and was one of the more effective players for the Pistons. Uh, with Olenek gone, I mean, they have to give the minutes to Stewart. The The only other options are slide Trey Lyles up to the five, which he they will do. He will receive backup minutes at both the four and the five. Um, and then Luca Garza. There, there's really no other options. Uh, Luca Garza, you know, they did recall him from the G League this morning. Um, I expect him to be a very limited member of the rotation, at least from the jump. So, you know, we might see five, six minutes here or there. He had a couple games earlier this season where he where he played five, six, seven minutes, 13 minutes one night. He didn't do a ton, and most of those games were blowouts, and he was just playing garbage time. Um, he will get an opportunity, but it's going to be limited. Uh, I expect big bumps in Stewart's playing time, and then Trey Lyles will, will probably see more time off the bench as well. I think you're exactly right. Um, you know, I mean, and Olenek is someone, too, who actually uses a decent amount of usage. So, like, some of that's going to flow, I think, to I – think, I think if you have Cade Cunningham or if you have Killian Hayes in your roster, I think they're going to see some increased usage. Jeremy Grant maybe has the opportunity for more rebounds, more usage. So I think if you have other Pistons players in general, you have to feel good. Isaiah Stewart's probably not on the waiver wire. But if you're in like a, I don't know, what would we, will he be on the wire in an eight-team league, 10-team league? Um, definitely take a look if you're in a shallow league. Yeah, Isaiah Stewart definitely will be available in some of the shallower leagues. And, you know, if you were, if you were, you know, forced to hang on to him if you're in those eight or ten team leagues and and you kept him around, you, you're going to reap the the benefits of that over the next six weeks while Linux out. Um, I also think it's going to that's going to benefit Sadiq Bay 
quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he has been, he's continued to see plenty of minutes, but not as many shots, not his usage has dipped since Cade came back. It, you know, basically since Cade has returned, it's been Cade and Grant are options 1A and 1B, um, and everyone else just kind of gets whatever's left over. Um, with with a Linux, a been one of the few guys though that like you know he gets his ten shots every game. He's open for three pointers. They're going to need someone else to do that, and Sadiq Bay has the skill set to stretch the floor. Um, and and I do think he's going to kind of revert back to what we saw the first five six games of the season when he was chucking up fifteen shots per game. That'll be the regular now with a Linux gone. Let's move on to some sell high candidates, uh, some players that we have identified as guys who might be playing a bit above their heads. Uh, if you have them in your fantasy league, maybe try to float them to a, a someone else, regardless of what your you know uh, standing place in the standings is. Um, Shannon, I'll you kind of proposed this, so I'll let you kick things off. Yeah, there's some internal discussion about selling high on Montrez Harrell. Um, and essentially, I was I was asked, is is Alexander Walker enough for Montrez Harrell? And, and I said, no, I don't think it is. I, I'm I'm targeting a guy like you know, Montrez has been a top twenty five player so far this season. Uh, he he's been outstanding, especially when Gafford was out. Obviously, Rua Hachimura's out. Uh, uh, the the man space. Yeah, exactly. Thomas Bryant. So, so their front court, the Wizards' front court, is depleted right now. Um, Gafford's back, but they're still shorthanded. And, and really, Montrez is blown up. Eighteen points, nine rebounds, one point two blocks. He's coming off the bench now, but he's still seeing big minute or big enough minutes for him. Uh, twenty five minutes, uh, 25, 26, 26 in the past three. Um, and he's still putting up stats. You know, he's been a guy who's always been able to put up decent lines, even in limited minutes. I think he's locked into that 25 to 27 minutes per game with Gafford healthy. Um, even after Bryant comes back or Hatchamura comes back, I think they're going to continue to try to keep Harold has a has a heavy part of the rotation off the bench. And I don't I don't expect him to average 18 and nine for the season. Uh, but that's something he's done in the past. I and mean, with the Clippers, he averaged 18.6, 7.1 back during the 2019-2020 season. Uh, you know, it's 13 and a half and 6.2 rebounds last year. Um, I expect it to be somewhere in between maybe 15, 16 points, seven rebounds, and that holds value in most leagues, but not top 25 value. And it's he's going to be hard-pressed to be – a top 25, top 30, top 40 player for the remainder of the season. He's a guy I definitely sell high on. The question is, how much do you want to get in return? Do How do you feel about Alexander Walker? Is that a good enough return for, for a guy who's performing at top 25 rate right now? No, I don't think so. I think, you know, hopefully you're in a league where people are like actually active in the trade market, but you have to kind of, this is also a good point to discuss like how to go about trades. You can kind of target uh, other fantasy managers in your league. Hey, does this person need rebounds? Do they need uh field goal percentage? Are they in like last place or like third to last place? And they feel desperate that they need to make a move. Is their starting center hurt? So you float them on Trez Harrell and then 
you make multiple offers to people in those situations and you just shoot as high as possible and let people keep declining, decline, decline, they'll counter. You just start really high, like the Daryl Moral, uh, Daryl Morey strategy. Like you got to ask for, I don't even know, like maybe Tyrese Halliburton. I don't like, I have no idea how people like, if people think Montrez Harrell is like going to average 18 and nine all year, do they think he's going to decline? But your, I think your best guess or your best bet, trade for someone who is a very good fantasy player with numbers that do not look good. So sure. Tyrese Halliburton, um, Kyle Lowry, not even a bad option. He's had some bad games, but I think people who drafted Kyle Lowry are probably kind of in panic mode, but he's still ranked 55th right now in eight cat leagues. Um, and so again, it depends on your league structure, what you need, what the other person needs, but that's kind of, that would be my way of approaching it for almost any trade, not just Harold. Yeah. I like the Halliburton. I actually think that one is a, is feasible, right? Like right. you've got a guy who's averaging 13 and a half points per game. And while, you know, his per game value is actually third round value right now, but because it's 13.6 points per game, you know, three and a half rebounds, five assists, people will look at it and not, not look at the entire package and what that really truly means. I mean, he's also at hitting 1.33 pointers, 1.5 steals, 1.1 blocks with fantastic percentages uh, for a guard. Halliburton would be a great target. Um, you know, I mentioned CJ McCollum. It just depends on your, on your, on your categorical needs. You know, Lonzo balls, another one. Um, I'm assuming if you're tra trading Harrell, you're, you're trading for positions of strength, meaning rebounds, uh, field goal percentage. So I try to grab a guard um, who helps me in areas that I, that I need. And, and I don't settle for like a Nikhil Alexander Walker. I aim for a guy who I think is going to be a top 70 player for the rest of the year. Uh, yeah. And keep in mind, like, certain players are more valuable to you than they are to other fantasy managers. If you need steals and threes, there are going to be certain guys like Andrew Wiggins, for example, who otherwise is like outside of the top 100. He's like 120 or 140, I think off the top of my head. He's going to be more valuable to you than he is to probably to the guy who has him on his team. Um, sure. If you're too heavy in rebounds or whatnot. Uh, Absolutely. Who are some other sell high candidates, Shannon? Yeah, I, you know, I'm just going to toss out the names now. We can discuss kind of what you would expect in return. These are three guys who, you know, along with Montrez Harrell, I believe are sell high, good sell high candidates. Tyrese Maxey, Miles Bridges, Harrison Barnes. I, I, I like all three players for the remainder of this season. I'm not saying you have to get rid of them, but, but each is essentially valued at like a top 40, top 50 spot right now. And I think there's a good chance they fall out of that. I don't think they're going to continue to produce at the current level they're producing at for the remainder of the season, which in my opinion makes all three of them good sell high candidates. All right. So who would you need in return for a guy like Ty Tyrese Maxey? For Maxey, first of all, I will say, I think Maxey might be the guy I would most consider a sell high candidate. Just because yep. Barnes and Bridges actually their percentages are kind of realistic right now. They're both high volume guys. Maxie's at 51% shooting. And, yeah. You know, Ben Simmons situation. Not that I think he's necessarily going to play again, but um, Maxie's 58th right now per game value. Um, I mean, I think you, I mean, you're within your, 
means to ask for like a top 50, 60 player back. So, I mean, some guys in that list, I mean, maybe you get Jeremy Grant. I, you know, I mean, it's not the sexiest name, but is he going to play worse than that? I mean, maybe did you add, do you ask for DeAndre Ayton? Maybe, um, I think maybe that's too big of a name person might not do it. Um, I don't think you could get Scotty Barnes for him. Nurkic, I think people would definitely consider that because Nurkic is kind of just averaging his his 12 and 12. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of the range or like the the group of guys you you should at least consider asking for. You want to get crazy, you can, you can go and uh, if you have the flexibility and can withstand the two weeks without him, you can go offer him for like Vooch. Uh, yeah, I mean, Mike Conley Vooch- maybe. Vucevic was was already down. I actually don't think I would trade Maxi for Mike Conley, um, no. but but Jared Allen, uh, Rashawn Holmes, Jaron Jackson Jr. is only shooting thirty nine percent right now. Uh, that's an obvious buy low candidate. Um, you know, there's tons of guys in that range, just depending on your categorical needs. That I would trade most of the guys who are ranked in that fifty to sixty range alongside Maxi. I would trade Maxi for most of them. Yeah, those other two guys, Bridges and Barnes. I don't. I just unless you got unless you got a crazy offer, I think I would actually hold. I, I just you know I understand Bridges just kind of came out of nowhere, so people are like very skeptical, and I'm a little skeptical. Maybe his steals, for example, are a little too high, and sometimes like if you look at like two categories that will absolutely get you in trouble from a fancy value perspective and thinking someone is better than they actually are, are like steals and free throw percentage where, you know, if a guy goes on like a four game stretch where his steals normalize or he gets like zero steals or he gets, he's averaging like two steals a game, which is out of character for him. His fantasy value is going to be crazy. And so you have to kind of keep in mind stuff like that. I know Bridges is averaging 1.7, but those guys, they're, they still, they're taking a ton of shots and especially I know De'Aaron Fox is going to play better in uh, Sacramento eventually, but they're like leaning on Harrison Barnes right now. So they are. I I will say I am I am more ready to sell high on Harrison Barnes than I am Miles Bridges. I sure. would sell high on either one of them um, if I'm getting the right return. And, and really, for for either one of those players, I want like a uh, a player who I'm projecting to be a top thirty guy for the rest of the season um if i can get that in return for either one i'll probably pull the trigger um but of those two i'm i'm more comfortable on on anointing miles bridges the hold over harrison barnes now you know statistically they've been actually pretty similar so far this season but at at the same time miles bridges putting putting up career numbers while only shooting 44 percent from the floor 78% 78% right. from the line. I mean, he was an 87% shooter from the line last year, 50% from the floor. He's shooting more threes. That's a big reason why his field goal percentage has dipped. But that added three, those added three-pointer volume, that volume for three-pointers has absolutely increased uh, his overall value. Um, and really with Bridges, my question was, you had Plumlee coming in and you had P.J. Washington who was a fixture in the, in the starting lineup last year for the Hornets. And I was worried. I, I thought, okay, they might, they might take bridges. Might you know, Ubre's also there. Right. So you had, you had two new incoming players 
who were going to likely impact Bridges or Washington's minutes. And it's mostly impacted Washington. Bridges has been the guy who's locked in. He has great chemistry with LaMelo Ball. Um, I think he's going to remain this type of player for the rest of the season with upside for more because the shooting actually is down. The shooting percentages are down right now. You know, on the other side of it, Harrison Barnes, yes, he's been efficient the last couple of years, but he is – He's shooting career highs in both field or sorry, second best field goal percentage of his career and the best field free throw percentage of his career, hitting 2.63 pointers. I I just 21 and a half points for a guy who's never averaged 21 20 points before, you know, 8.6 rebounds for a guy who's never averaged seven rebounds before, usually hovers around that five range. I, I just feel like these stats are somewhat inflated for Harrison Barnes. I do believe he's top 70, top 70, top 80 value for the rest of the season, but I expect him to regress some and probably finish the year with 17, 18 points and six or seven rebounds per game. I mean, for, for either of these guys, or especially Barnes, are you looking at guys like Chris Middleton, CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, if you can get them, or is that is that not the range of guys you're thinking about? I don't know if I would trade Bridges for those names, um, which coming hearing that come out of my mouth sounds crazy. But I would absolutely trade Barnes for any of those names. So Bridges is a guy who I I actually think Bridges can legit be a top top thirty, top forty player for the rest of the season. Those guys, all those names you mentioned, are kind in that thirty to fifty range. It needs to be a bigger name for me to trade Bridges, but. But yes, all, all those other names, trading Barnes for any of them straight up, I would, I would pull the trigger immediately. I think part of the problem with trading a guy like Barnes is people just know that Harrison Barnes is not really this person. Like, well, you yeah. just, yeah, I, I just, the name recognition is so low. It's so much easier. Like, there's a, it's easy to trade Montrez Harrell. People love Montrez Harrell. They know who he is, insane high energy guy. People just, no one's ever actually watched Harrison Barnes play basketball and like enjoyed it. So that's part of the problem. But um, I agree with you. Those, those are all good guys to potentially sell high on depending on what deal you can get. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Let's jump to our waiver wire uh, section for the week. Um, Nothing, I mean, we talked about you know, adding Tony Bradley. Um, that's someone who's cl- obviously available in 50% of leagues. He's probably available in 99% of leagues. So um, off the top of my head, I don't know if the Bulls are on a four-game week. If they are, definitely add him um, and potentially add him anyway. Uh, my first real suggestion other than that is Alex Caruso, who is still under 50% rostered in uh, Yahoo, and he's 27% rostered in ESPN. Caruso is currently ranked 68th in fantasy and no reason he should be on the waiver wire when he's ranked 68th. Um, and we're like 12 games into the season for most teams, 2.6 steals per game, uh, seeing just under, I think 30 minutes a game, you know, like, I mean, there is a chance with Vucevic out there. He sees even more minutes, but I think he's pretty locked into his workload, uh, 25 to 30 minutes, even when Kobe white comes back. He's a low usage guy, right? He's going to get you eight points. He's going to get you four assists, four rebounds. He's going to get you those two and a half steals. You just, you have to have him on the roster. He'll hit one three. Um, I know his numbers don't look good, but again, it's those steals guys like like Caruso, Thibault. Those guys always crush fantasy. Right. Absolutely no reason he should be uh, on the waiver wire. My, my only worry about Caruso is that he is his overall value is heavily, heavily, heavily inflated because of the steals right now. And right. he's had he's had two four steel games, one five steel game, one six steel game. I I worry that once that normalizes and he stops having these monster steel games and he averages 
1.5 steals per game, it's it's gonna I, that's gonna hurt his overall value. He's definitely worth a stream right now. I I just do worry that it's gonna hold up long term. That's understandable. I think I just I think with the new follow rules with the Bulls at kind of like kind of a career revitalization. I think they're just empowering him to go out and just make stuff happen defensively. Sure. Um, Two point six. I would be surprised if he did lead the NBA in steals for the rest of the season. Let's say that, but I think you can probably still expect two steals per game out of him. Um, All right. Yeah. I, All right. All right. Uh, what well, do you my, think? Yeah, my first guy to, to target is Lou Dort. Yeah, Dort, Dort missed a couple games uh, with the Thunder, but but he's back now. In the past two games, he, he's averaging 34 minutes, 20 points, 1.4 or 1.5 three pointers, six rebounds, uh, shooting 48. percent Yeah, you know Dort Dort's guy. He's getting the minutes. He's only owned in 37 percent of Yahoo leagues, eight percent of ESPN leagues. I I do worry about the percentages with Dort, but his you know his stellar perimeter defense is going to keep him on the floor. This team really needs that. Um, and every once in a while, he's going to catch fire and hit a bunch of three pointers in a game. Um, he's taken a ton of three pointers. Uh, he's shooting six point two per game this year. Uh, but really, it's it's we haven't seen his capped his capped upside yet. You know, he's basically averaging exactly what he averaged last season, but he's playing three more minutes per game. Um, once, if he if he can just increase his efficiency a little bit, his three point shooting is down right now, only twenty three percent. If he increases his efficiency a little bit, you're looking at a guy who's 16, 17 points per with with four or five rebounds and, and you know one and a half to two three pointers per game. He scored in double digits in seven straight games and uh, for the season is shooting 90% from the free throw line, which is a huge improvement for him, but it's on enough volume. Like he's taking four free throws a game to where it's like, this seems pretty legit. And then you have to think, well, if he's made this much of an improvement as a free throw shooter, the three point shot's going to come along soon. And he's going to start shooting, you know, closer to last season's mark of 34, 35, or even higher on a percentage. Absolutely. There and then if that's the case, you're talking closer to 20 points a game than 15 points a game. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. I, I mean, it's really lined up for him. The minutes are there, and you know that was, I mean, heavier minutes than last season. It's just 35, 35, 34 uh, in the past three. It's it's encouraging, and if you can take the hit and field goal percentage, he's worth an immediate add in in ten team most most ten team leagues, depending on how deep they are. Uh, my long shot of the week, uh, Daniel Tice, uh, not the sexiest name around, uh, especially when everyone's so excited about uh, Alperen Shangoon and people are waiting for the Christian Wood breakout. Um, but Tice, he just, it's like, there'll be some games where he puts up 2.6 rebounds and then there'll be some games where he puts up 14 points, 10 rebounds and averages out to like 8.8 rebounds. And you just got to like ride the wave. Um, you know, if you're in a 12 team league, he's only playable on four game weeks, like for sure. If you're in a 14 team league, he still might only be playable in, in uh, four game weeks, depending on your roster situation. But he's a consistent part of their rotation. They paid him a ton of money. Um, he's just gonna he's just gonna average eight and eight 
that's just yep. how it goes. <laughs> and you know, twenty four percent roster in Yahoo. Surprisingly, forty one percent roster in ESPN. Don't know how that's happening. Uh, but he's out there if you if you need that uh, rebound um, category. Now I, I've got a guy who just returned from injury, Dylan Brooks. He yeah. is, you know, he doesn't meet the qualifications on Yahoo. He is sixty five percent owned on Yahoo, but even that number seems insanely low for Dylan Brooks. And he's twenty one percent owned on ESPN. You know, he returned from his hand injury, played twenty six minutes, scored twenty points, four three pointers, four rebounds, six assists, two steals. Um, he is sitting out tonight. But eventually he'll be back to his regular minutes, his regular starting spot, you know, not sitting out the, the second half of back-to-backs. And he's going to be worth owning in all 10 and 12 team leagues like he was the last two seasons. Uh, I, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Dylan Brooks, but it's hard to argue what he's done for the past 150 games. And he's a guy who goes out there, scores 16, 17 points per, hits a couple three-pointers. and chips in enough elsewhere where, where it doesn't drain you. You know, the only negative really is field goal percentage is spotty 40, basically 41 and 42% past couple of years. Uh, but he'll play 30 minutes, 29, 30 minutes for the Grizzly uh, Grizzlies and, and provide you with decent value. Um, he's a guy who should be closer to like 80% owned. Yeah, he ranked 126th per game last year. I would expect him to reach that mark again this year. And if that's the case, he's 12-team viable. But yeah, you're right. I mean, he's, you know, I think the question is how are, you know, are he and Desmond Bain, what's their shot distribution situation going to be? I know Bain sure. only played 21 minutes or something in Brooks' debut. However, Bain was in foul trouble. He fouled out. Uh, so I don't know how much to read into that, but... Um, I yeah, said, it, yeah, pick up Dylan Brooks. Yeah, it's to be determined how it's going to factor. So, so I still believe that Bain is going to start at the three, and Brooks is essentially going to take Melton's spot in the starting lineup. I, I, I firmly believe that. I know that's not how it really played out in, in in that is how the starting lineup was still Melton and Bain. Um, but but Bain Bain was the one who was impacted the most minutes wise. But like you said. He fouled out of that game. He was in foul trouble. He was one for 10 from the floor, over seven from the line. Like it just wasn't his night. I need to see more games before I, I, you know, before I'm cutting Bain, for instance, I need to see at least one or two more games with Brooks. Tonight's game is not going to help clarify anything with Brooks sitting. Um, but I do think Melton's still the guy who takes the biggest hit with Brooks return. Um, and then Bain to me, Bain and Kyle Anderson are the two that are tied together at the three. Yeah, Zaire Williams and Conchar are guys who could just completely disappear off the radar yes. um, also. But uh, yeah, Grizzlies play tonight. They also play Saturday. And uh, Brooks should play Saturday, so we'll get some information. And then. I've got I've, I've got one more player to throw out there. It's actually a pair of players, you know, with, with DeAndre Ayton out. Uh, Frank Kaminsky, you know, 22% owned on Yahoo, 4% owned on ESPN. Past three games, he's averaging 19 and six, hitting over 1.3 three pointers per game. Uh, now he's an option. I also think Jay Crowder's a good option with with yeah. eight now. You know, he Jay Crowder's seen more minutes. Uh, he he's over the, just just in the past three games, he's he's top 60 player. It's not exciting, but there's just overall production that that equates to value. You know, basically like 10, 11 points. 
couple three-pointers, some steals, some rebounds. Never exciting, but it, but it's steady. And when a guy like Aiden's out, they do lean on Crowder more. Um, I actually, if I had to pick between Kaminsky and Crowder, I'm picking up Crowder because there's more there he's more likely to have long-term value. It's not going to be great value. The ceiling's not going to be high, but you could at least keep him even after eight in returns. Yeah. Crowder only 25% rostered on Yahoo ranked 118th this season and eight cat. And he's shooting only 38% from the field, which is going to increase. So if you have, if you have a bench spot that is just basically getting you zeros right now, uh, pick up Crowder. Four game weeks, he's he's playable, even if his stats don't look great on the surface. Um, and like you mentioned, Shannon, someone who's just he's established in the rotation, he's a veteran, you know exactly what you're getting with Jay Crowder. Let's move on to uh words from our sponsors. First, Yahoo. The NBA season is underway, and Yahoo is excited to go big on daily fantasy basketball this season. There will be a ton of big prize contests throughout the season on Yahoo, including including their multi-entry contests now being shark-free to celebrate Yahoo going big on DFS as well as Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark-free. Yahoo is giving all users the opportunity to claim a free $10 site credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 site credit offer to join one of Yahoo's biggest contests. Yahoo will have daily NBA contests all season long. Play a single game contest of your choice throughout the week. Then join Yahoo's weekly Friday main NBA contest to compete for large cash prizes. Play daily fantasy basketball on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer to get started. Live events are making a comeback and there's no better place to be than vivid seats to get back into the action. So grab your NBA tickets and cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Man, feels good to say I'm really looking forward to the Pistons coming to Wisconsin. Get to go see my boys at the Pfizer. How do you say it? Pfizer? Fiserv. Fiserv Forum. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) that place is great. I love checking out the Pistons every time they come. I'm going to get my tickets with vivid seats. Vivid Seats just launched a new and improved rewards program with free tickets for every fan, earn rewards, ticket upgrades, perks for just for shopping. Uh, if you're looking for tickets to the game, your favorite artist, or the new show, show everyone's talking about, uh, Vivid Seats has it all. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Life happens live. And when you're at the game, maybe you want some skin in the game. And that's where WinBet comes in. I like Skip. Uh, (laughs) If there's one thing that we appreciate here at Rotowire, it is making good decisions. Uh, Last night, I made a good decision and picked Bam Adebayo's points, rebounds, and assists over, which I believe was at 39 and a half, and I believe he hit 41. Uh, Yeah. And even more so, uh, we have to make the right decision, if I didn't say that already. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. 
Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette. Double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in seven states. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. While rapidly expanding, at WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $1,000 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T, like, like the Win Casino. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's Fantasy Podcast. Uh, I will I will plug and say we do write a uh, article using the WinBet sportsbook every week uh, on uh, the sports betting page for NBA. Uh, those usually run middle of the week. The one uh, yesterday ran. Um, like I said, autobio pick hit. Let's jump into Friday DFS via FanDuel. Eleven game slate today. The the past few days of the NBA have been like three games, twelve games, three games, twelve games. A lot of injuries, uh, as has been the case uh, this season. But as far as questionable guys go and doubtful, Aiton is doubtful. But the questionable guys are Brandon Ingram, Andre Drummond, or excuse me, not Andre Drummond, Draymond Green, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, Norman Powell, Stephen Adams, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and DeAndre Hunter. And there are, of course, more guys who are going to be ruled out throughout the day. Um, Just keep an eye on the Rotowire uh, lineups page, keep an eye on the Rotowire news feed, and you'll get all the information that you'll need as far as that goes. Shang, is there anybody that just sticks out to you or a game that sticks out to you kind of on first glance? Oh man, it's I there are a couple doubtful. I mean, is is McGee or Kaminsky? I mean, those guys are on the slate. Yeah, yeah, those those guys are are Definitely options. I do feel like there are some obvious discounts and we're going to start, we're going to start with the Pistons. I know no one wants (laughs) to, I get it. You're sick of me talking about it, but with Olenek out, you have to, it's time. You have to go with beef stew. All right. (laughs) You have to, he's 4,800 bucks. All right. 4,800. He's basically a fancy point per minute. Or damn close. I mean, even if you just look at the past couple games, you know, 22 minutes against Brooklyn, he had 28 fantasy points. 14 minutes against against the Rockets, he had 21 fantasy points. I really do believe he's locked into 30 minutes with, with the clinic out. And with 30 minutes, we, we should see 30 fantasy points, which is great value at $4,800. I agree. I think it's a strong play. I think uh, people are just – going to be a little worried they're going to see his reset stats maybe they don't know a linux out i think i don't think his his uh roster percentage will be as high as it should be especially i mean he you can fit him you can fit him into your liner pretty easily um as far as some guys i'm looking at i think i mean i i mentioned this in a tweet the other day or yesterday when i uh, vucevic got ruled out so i went into the stats of the the chicago bulls without vucevic on the court yeah and there are some striking numbers uh with like especially the big three of uh of chicago so with vucevic off the court this is per 36 minutes levine's averaging 35 points seven rebounds four and a half assists on a 41 percent usage rate which would be maybe the highest usage rate in nba history like it's stupid high 
Uh, DeRozan's pretty much in the same exact boat. 34 points, five rebounds, four assists, 38% usage. Lonzo Ball also averaging 21.1 points per 36 minutes. I will say Levine has the lowest minute sample of all those guys. So his time on the court without Vucevic hasn't been that significant. They spend a lot of time uh, on the court together. But I think playing any of those three guys is a good idea tonight. I think even playing all three of those guys and just hoping that those are the only guys in the court that do anything for the Chicago Bulls is a valid strategy. Um, They are playing the Warriors tonight, which is a concern because the Warriors have the best defense in the NBA, or at least they did as of a few days ago. I don't know, man. I I just think I think the Bulls the real deal. I think the usage is going to be there. Um, yeah, Tony Bradley, obviously, too, an <clears> option. Um, at the very least, very much consider putting Tony Bradley in your lineup. Um, he is forty four hundred, which could easily be a steal. Forty four hundred available or eligible at both power forward and center, which Ooh. is it's nice to have that flexibility. There's, I currently the only bull I currently have in my lineup is Lonzo. Uh, He's 5,800, which is already a discount. I mean, even if Vucevic was playing, I would probably have Lonzo in my starting lineup at 5,800. It's it's a great value. And, you know, I saw your tweet. I I did see your tweet before I set this lineup last night. And that was one of the things I I immediately checked the the salaries on on all the remaining bulls. And, Lonzo is an obvious play at 5,800. I think he's going to be highly owned, but it could be worth it. I agree. And look, I mean, Levine's only 8,400. Um, to pretty expensive at at 8,700, but he's at, he's been worth that lately. It's not like that's, that's not a crazy price for him, yeah. especially in a cash lead or a, a, you know, 50, 50 cash games. Um, DeRozan has been a monster in, Levine- in that all season. Levine's a little bit cheaper on DraftKings, so I I like him not not a ton, but uh, I think he's like eight thousand. Um, I like him a little bit more on that format, but uh, yeah, any of the three are good. And like you you mentioned, Bradley as well. I think any of those four options are going to be solid plays tonight. Uh, I'm kind of interested in this Detroit versus Cleveland matchup, like you mentioned earlier with Isaiah Stewart. I think you can almost play both sides of this big man. Yep. Uh, situation you know i think i the the pistons i love isaiah stewart he's great but he was he six eight six seven um i think i think against mobley i who's guarding evan mobley i mean i guess jeremy grant's gonna try to guard evan mobley right. um jared allen i think you could play like almost all three of those guys um you know i i don't know off the top of my head kind of like the, the correlation between allen and and mobley having great fantasy games but they're not really I just, they don't really play the same position. Mobley's out there kind of, he's passing a little bit. He's doing perimeter defense. Um, I think they're rebounding probably steals a little bit, but what, I think one of those guys, Mobley or Allen, is probably going to have a big night. Yeah, and and I think going with both of them is, is a legit option. I mean, with, with how depleted that team is right now, you know, especially in the front court, you've got Markinen out, you've got Kevin Love out, and – and that's they've been forced to to lean even more heavily on Mobley and Allen uh, over the past few games. I mean, I think I'm going to confirm this, but I believe both are seeing just ridiculous playing time. Yeah, Mobley oh, a little bit. Yeah, Mo, Mobley has Mobley has 40 minutes, 40 minutes, 38, 36, and, and then uh, at 126, 
um, against the Wizards. But, you know, f- past five games, 36 minutes per. Uh, yeah. Allen, Allen's seen similar run, just heavy, heavy minutes. Uh, in those same five games, Allen is averaging 37 minutes per game. Um, that's going to continue. You know, Markinen and Love, I believe, are both going to be out again tonight. And with that, you just ride, continue to ride, ride both Allen and Mobley. Um, I do have, I have Mobley in my lineup right now. He yeah. hasn't, he hasn't really jumped that much in salary, uh, despite some big outings. I mean, he just had a 49 point fantasy outing earlier this week. Um, yeah, he, he's still, still only 6,800. Allen has crept up some more. Uh, he's 77, but uh, either one of them, I think, are, are good values at that, at those prices. I do think Mobley's the better value. 6,800 for a guy who has a as good of a two-way skill set as him is, I mean, yeah. he has he has five games this season with at least 40 fantasy points. He'll get the 50 fantasy point game sooner than later. It's going to happen. Yeah, he will. He Because he hasn't really been, he hasn't had that many big rebounding games, right? Uh, I think only four four games where he's reached double digits a couple games where he's disappointed and just grabbed like four or five rebounds um, but I do think there's going to be one of those big games where it's you know he scores 25 26 points grabs 12 boards and and produces on the defensive end you'll have a 20 10 and five with three blocks game um yeah, before exactly. before you even know it uh anybody uh, or any other matchups jumping out to you yeah there there are a few other players I like I'm I'm still going heavy on the rookies. I like both Jalen Green and Cade. Green Green's at 5100. Um, he's coming off a big game. Scored 23 points against the Pistons. Um, he's a bit riskier, I feel, than than a lot of the other rookies. His his production's kind of fluctuated. Um, Cade, I still think we haven't seen the best from Cade. He's played 30 minutes or more in three straight games, but but still has a top 31 minutes. There's going to be a game where where he plays 34, 35 minutes. Um, you know, he scored between 17 and 20 points in those three games. Uh, two games, 34 and 36 fantasy points in, in two of those games. The, the, he hasn't put it all together yet. You know, it, there's going to be a game where he scores 25 points, similar to Mobley. He scores 25 points, has good rebounding, good assist numbers, contributes on the defense end, and has that complete game. And at 5,700, I think – He's he he's got that yeah. base where it's a thirty point thirty point game is is almost what I'm expecting from him, uh, thirty fantasy points and, and with upside for more. He's taking seventeen shots a game over the past four games, which is like the games where he's played real minutes. Um, one of those games he took ten free throws. That was against uh, Philadelphia. So I mean, obviously, like you look at the assist to turnover ratio, not great. Obviously, you mentioned the percentages, but. You know, first of all, uh, DFS is a volume. You know, they, they don't really care about percentages. And Cage just running the team. He runs a team. High usage yep. guy who runs a team. High potential. He's due for a big game sooner than later. Uh, I, he's just one that you could just keep putting him. This is what I was saying about guys like Harden when he was off to a slow start or even Lillard to some extent. You can just put all of these guys who you know are going to start playing better into your lineup like every single day that they're on the slate. And eventually they're going to pop and they, three of them might pop on the same day. And your chances of having the best lineup on any given day are really high when you have these high usage guys who are kind of underperforming. So I, I agree entirely with your, your Cade uh, analysis. 
Yeah, and, and I really think I, you know, I missed last week's show, so I didn't get to talk about him. Um, but I really think you just need to ignore those first couple games that he had. Uh, those two games were essentially his preseason. Um, you know, he didn't play at all in the preseason. You're talking about a rookie. You know, what what is he? Twenty year old, maybe twenty. I'm not even sure if he's turned twenty yet. Um, but he's he's a kid. Never played an NBA game. Those first two games were rough. He's still going to have some struggles shooting occasionally. I mean, efficiency is a very normal thing for rookies to struggle with, but it's hard to argue with the results over the past three games. And once he kind of got those nerves, shook off the nerves, not just the nerves, but also the rust because he hadn't played a basketball game since the summer league, essentially. Um, you know, once, once that got off, we shook that off. He's, he's been fantastic. And, and I don't think we've seen anywhere close to, to the peak for him this year. I think it's only going to get better. I feel the same way about uh, Jalen Green. Yeah. Um, in theory, I think I actually like Cade more, but um, Green. I mean, Green's a great GPP option just because he's not a guy who's like, you know, he he'll go for like thirty fantasy points and then ten, and then he's just he's been kind of really all over the place. Um, so not someone I would necessarily deploy in a cash lineup, but GPP is great. Both those guys uh, throw them in your backcourt. Uh. You know, it may not be like amazing value per se, but I I'm pretty interested in Jonas Valanciunas against the Nets. Absolutely. Um, we all know that they don't have like a real center rotation. Um, I think Valanciunas might actually kill the Marcus Aldridge if he boxes him out hard enough. We might just snap in half. Um, I <laughs> I'm. <laughs> I'm I'm worried about Lamarcus Aldridge tonight. I mean, Vucevic has been out of control, um, having like the best year of his career, averaging you know he's put up 45 to 55 fantasy points like every single night. Um, it's crazy. I, I just 8600 is an easy an easy play for him. He's only been under 35 fantasy points twice. So cash game staple, Jonas Valanciunas, tons of upside for this specific game. Brooklyn's going to keep the pace high. Brandon Ingram may or may not come back to me. does not matter. I don't care at all. Um, if he comes back, I don't think he's going to play the full minute. So I, I'm all in on, on Valanciunas tonight. Anyone who's been around and listening to this podcast for, for numerous years that, that predate Alex, predates even DJ, all right? <laughs> I'm talking about old school Rotowire NBA podcast. You guys know that we've been hyping Valanciunas' Per per minute production <laughs> since the dude was a twenty year old. All right, he's we've we've been saying if he ever plays thirty five minutes a game, he's gonna just explode, and he's finally getting that opportunity this year. You know, it took like eleven seasons, but uh, he he's now starting and playing thirty four minutes per game, and this is what I always thought he would do. I'm not surprised at all. He is in my my FanDuel lineup. Uh, one other guy from that game that I think is worth talking about is Nikhil Alexander-Walker. We discussed him a little bit earlier, but he's coming off uh, an absolute monster game. Uh, 33 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 block, 2 steals. Good for 60 fantasy points on FanDuel. Uh, that was against the Thunder. Now we have him playing Brooklyn. He's $6,100. Ingram might come back. He's questioned. This sounds like the most positive Ingram update since he's been yeah. sidelined. You know, he participated in five on five uh, during Thursday's practice. That things are looking, you know, Willie Green said that things are looking promising for a return soon. 
So I think there's there's a chance. There's at least a chance Ingram's going to come uh, return to the lineup tonight. So is is Alexander Alexander Walker? Do you do you ignore that sixty point outburst and just avoid him tonight altogether, or is he still worth a look? Uh, I wouldn't feel as good about it if Ingram comes back, but I mean he's still a guy who's put up thirty plus fantasy points in five games this season. So a 6,100 price has obviously bumped up a little bit from that huge outing, but still someone who I think has been completely viable in both cash games and GPPs. I'm, I'm fine with the price tag if Ingram's out. If Ingram's in, it still could pay off. It could be contrarian, but there's just so many other options on this slate. I think if Ingram's in, I, I'd probably look elsewhere. Yeah, I think that's where I'm sitting with it too. If Ingram's out, I like him at that price. And there's a good chance I'll plug them into my lineup, but there's just been, there's been too much inconsistency. You know, you mentioned those 30 fancy point, those 30 plus fancy point outings he had, but he had four in a row to start the season. And then he went, you know, like eight or nine games without reaching 30 fantasy points. And then he blew up and had that 60 point outing. I I'm surprised that he hasn't been more consistent. The, the minutes have been there. The opportunity has been there with, with Ingram out. Um, but he just hasn't been as good as I expected. This, this, but this just shows you the ceiling. I mean, it's pretty crazy that he can go out there and put up 60 points, 60 fantasy points in one game. There's not many guys that are priced in the five to six thousand dollar range that actually have that in them, right? You know, most of the guys who can re- reach that type of ceiling are, are you know, eight thousand, nine thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, there are obviously a ton of intriguing matchups. There's still some guys who are, I mean, they seem underpriced. I mean, you get LaMelo Ball for 8,800, Lillard's 8,500. Like you can, we we say this every time, but there's just an entire group of guys that are between that like 7,500 to $9,000 yeah. salary range that you can build a really high upside lineup with. I I have this weird, I don't know if I'll call, I'll call it a fetish. Let's call it a fetish. This weird fetish of, Whenever the Ball brothers play together, I have to have two balls in my lineup. I don't know why, <laughs> but I always I love doing it. It's just fun for whatever reason. Need a pair. I think we... Can't go with, <laughs> with a solo. Uh, I think we can we can probably end on that note. Um, without Ken, there's no old man rant. Uh, the only I've I think got a quote. Mispronounced... I got yeah. a quote. Oh, you have a quote. Okay. Yeah, I got a quote. I I, I mispronounce uh, what's that? Alize. Uh, Al- Alize. I was going to yeah. say it wrong again. I, I apologize. Everyone, I apologize. I'm not very knowledgeable. Um, I don't know if this quote's real, but I found it with a quick Google search. So we're going to go with it. This comes from Shaquille O'Neal, uh, former Phoenix Sun. You guys might remember him. I knew I was dog meat. Luckily, I'm the high price dog meat that everybody wants. I'm the good quality dog meat. I'm the Elpo of the NBA. That might not be a real quote, but I found it on the internet. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.